0: Hello, Mike. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Loud and clear. How you Loud doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Nice yeah. to uh, nice to officially meet. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Congratulations to you and your wife on the uh, on the fantastic
1: news. Thank you, man. Really appreciate it. And um and and you're you're engaged as well, right?
0: Uh, this time next week I will be a married man. So
1: nice. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. How how are you feeling Thank about you. that? You're excited.
0: Um. Yeah, no, the, it's it's weird. It's like, uh, or have we started? Yeah,
1: yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I,
0: I'm always I'm always like do I give do I give like the standard conversational answer. Or do I give the do I give the podcast answer where I kind of elaborate on things. Um, it's like it's it's strange. It's like it feels like it's coming at the right time because I know for certain that like years ago. I would have like kept second guessing myself and like psyched myself out, you know? Right. So like now it kind of feels now that I'm a bit more chilled out and a bit more, uh, less manic, you know, it's uh, a bit more going with the flow kind of thing. It's, it just feels right. It feels know? right. So I'm, yeah.
1: That, that's, that's the best. And uh, yeah. that's exactly how you want to feel going into it. Yes. Um, so, so for those listening in the future, Kieran is someone else that uh, I met through Twitter as well. Kieran is one of my first um, friends that I made on Twitter and connected with uh, just through his awesome ideas that he shared and his value that he would share on writing and um, all that stuff, which I I nerd out for personally and professionally. So um, I've, I've gotten a ton from what you've shared over the last couple of years, just being in contact with you. Um, you work as a where you you write screenplays and you help people write screenplays correct
0: yeah yeah it's uh it's it's funny like I, I like it's it's so crazy like thinking back like i remember you whenever you were butto watts your first yeah movie. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh but at that time yeah i was doing like a lot of ghost writing and um you know, helping people out with story structure, story content, and just kind of getting that into, into shape. And then it's, uh yeah, it was something that that I find fun. I still find fun, but like I've kind of taken a step back for that and kind of more focusing on, you know, my own projects, you know, because as much as I like helping other people out, you know, they're, they're plowing ahead, you know, right. and I'm still trying to like, you know, work on my own stuff. It's kind of like, it's kind of like helping other people out with their stories. I do enjoy doing it and I will help people if they ask. But at the same time, like a part of me was like, is this a cope for the fact that I'm not doing, you know, work for myself or it's not where I'm not where I want to be. That kind of right.
1: thing. So, right. So, so you're, so are you writing more of your own screenplays now? Or yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that. And I got into, I got into like such a funk over like uh like, over like the last maybe two years kind of like I kind of felt a bit adrift Mm -hmm. and like I was again I kept you know psyching myself out wanting things to be perfect before I started on it you know wanting things to be you know wanting it to be this perfect thing that I can do and it would eventually you know I would just go no it's it's not perfect because it's never going to be perfect right because I like I really like to structure things down to a t and I was like it just wasn't getting projects finished. It was getting it right up to the point of being finished, being, re- you know, being good to go. And I would just go, nah, nah, forget it. It's not, it's not good enough. So what I have, what I have done recently, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to not talk about it too much because again, again, whenever I get into projects, I get all excited about them. And then I love telling people about, you know, what I'm working on at the minute. Right. And then uh, again, again, when people are going, that's, you know, people go to that's a that's a great idea. That sounds like a real interesting idea. I'm like, well, I don't need to write it anymore because people have already congratulated me, which is, <laughs> which is just which is which is terrible. Um, so what I've done is I have just been I've been working on a not. You see, I'm kind of I'm kind of like second guess. You know, should I should I be talking about it? But like I've kind of I've written a like a novel, like a fictional novel. Cool. Um, I didn't plan any of it, and okay. I just kind of I would just kind of do. 200 words a day that kind of thing and I've been kind of doing that for the last couple of months and it's gotten me like a a 50,000 word nice a 50k word novel which is going to need serious editing and rewriting and restructuring but like I've got like the basis of something that, like something that I want to write which is which is like very dialogue heavy and you know it's just kind of like exploring character through dialogue and it's it's been right. fun to do something where I've not been as you know obsessed with the structure and the meaning and you know scenes scenes going somewhere cuz i kind of know i think it's a to kind of make it a bit more of a universal point i think a lot of writers um uh, a lot of kind of writers feel like they need to know every aspect of their mm-hmm. story and they need to have everything locked down and that's what stops them from getting that first draft done mm. you know in in many ways you need to get that first draft out and that was a that was i struggled with that a lot and it's just it's trying to let go of the fact that your first draft is always going to be like it's going to be like a painful birth you know I, I
1: i love that i love that you're even saying that and sharing that and i appreciate you getting as vulnerable as you can because um i i teach juniors in high school so they're anywhere from 16 to 17 years old and one of the classes that i teach is a um a writing course for for lack of a better term so um it's not essentially it we we do a lot of writing ourselves but it's more of a um, an analysis course where we analyze rhetoric and what made an author effective in communicating their um, their intended purpose and what tools did they use to communicate that purpose so fundamentally that is the root of writing it's the root of why we communicate we're always trying to communicate a purpose and get it across effectively um analyzing story analyzing plot so that's why I figured you're the perfect person just to pick the brain of and just to get to know your process and learn about your process so even if if we rewind a little bit did you always have an interest in writing or was it at a certain point in your school career that you fell in love with writing how did that how did that start?
0: It it comes from, okay, like, I've been thinking back over this. You know, you're always kind of, like, looking back over, like, where to, you know, what, what motivates people, what motivates yourself. With me, it's, it's really just a real basic kind of just wanting to entertain people. Mm. You know, it's, uh, like, I started off kind of, like, I was in, like, the school plays and all that kind of stuff. It kind of comes from more from, like, an acting kind of background. Okay you know and so like I would be in like school plays and then when I went to uni I was in like a couple of plays there as well and I've always kind of had an interest in you know kind of acting and just working with others that's kind of like why I'm more drawn to film rather than you know just writing a book so with like from when I was like I, I used to, I wasn't like the class clown, but like I could do as a kid, like I could do impressions and I kind of, you know, I right. remember, remember being like in Cub Scouts and like my whole, you had, you had there was like an entertainer's badge. And I did like this, kind of, I did this kind of like up set with all the impressions that I could do, like of all my heroes, you know, like, uh, you know, like Arnie and, uh, you know, some basic stuff, you know, if you watch back the tape, it was terrible. It was, it was, not fun. It was let's put it this way. It's as funny as you would expect. Uh, a ten-year-old child doing impressions—you <laughs> know—it's as funny as you would expect that to be. Um, but it's always kind of been just like, in, you know, and from that, you realize that if you want to keep people's attention, you got to be able to tell a story, mm. you know. And so what I love about storytelling is everyone kind of has their own kind of unique, their own kind of unique take on it. Because there's a lot of people who will tell you stories. And you're like, there's what I, there's what I call shopping list stories, which really bug me, which is like, there's, it's just like a list of things they did. (laughs) It's like, it's like, oh, I got up and I went to, you know, I went to my job and then I went to lunch and you're like, you're not actually, these are just a series of events that doesn't make it a story, you know, a thing, like I always say to people, I was like, people don't want to hear about how your holiday was wonderful. you know know, people don't want to hear about things going well for you it's like you know i want to hear about how you went to the wrong airport you lost your (laughs) luggage when you got to the hotel it was still under construction so you had to go and stay in you know the cheap low rent yes nobody nobody there's no there's nothing my whole thing with stories and the thing that's kind of like it's that i think is like important about stories is it's the five points the five points are kind of like my my kind of like my gospel my mantra kind of thing and it's set up, things go things go well things go according to plan moment of realization choice <laughs> and then the aftermath of that choice and really once Ooh, you realize like that every every film every pretty much every story you know has this as the overall you know structure of it you know so this is the whole film but what kind of blew my mind and one thing that I noticed is that the scene or like the small scenes, it's that it's a fractal. It's like that pattern repeated over and over mm. the further down and down you get, you know? So like, you know, if I were to tell you, you know, about, um, you know, my, my holiday that went wrong, you know, oh, we're all excited. We got up, you know, we got up, we got packed, we had our bags, you know, we got, we got the taxi, we went to the airport, you know, that's, that's the setup, you know, going <laughs> on holiday and this is the things go well part you know bags uh, packed bags packed like,
1: and taxi it, arrives e- on e- time
0: everything yeah everything is going according to plan you're you're confident you know it's it's a it's um there's a book called the seven basic plots and this guy calls it the dream the dream phase you know and mm. like uh you as it's, it's where things go well for the hero like say in you know, Macbeth by Shakespeare, you know, this is when he's managing to kill people and then get away with it, you know, and he's kind of rising the ranks and he's become the King of Scotland, you know, <laughs> so, and then, then there's a realization moment. So we'll walk in and we'll hand our, we'll hand our passports over and they go, uh, oh, you went to go to, you're meant to go to, I don't know, many American airports. So you're meant to go to LaGuardia. <laughs> <laughs> and this is... New York airport <laughs> 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 my head, my head uh, so that's, that's your moment of realization oh no we've come to the mm. wrong airport so then you have the choice what do I do do I do we just go oh well the holiday's cancelled or do we race you know to LaGuardia do we do we try and get there and then the aftermath is whether you get on the plane or not you know mm. so then that's like your first act that's like going on the holiday you know, and then the and second then I, I, act, could, I could
1: see, I could see how that process then repeats. It, re- it repeats
0: itself. So then you get to the next thing. Things go. Oh, thank God, we're on the plane. We're on our. We're on our way. Now it's to the hotel. You know, and then you, you go. Oh wait, it's still under construction. They've given in this other place. That's when you realize. Oh, it's not so good. So what's the choice? Do we complain? You know, and even when like so. So say you say the next thing is you go to complain to I don't know the the person at the the desk of the hotel. So you, they're like, oh, yes, nice, hello, yes, what, what's your problem? Oh, we'll try and help you. And you're like, thank God, someone who can listen to me. So, again, that's the setup, you know, <laughs> make it, making the complaint, talking to the woman talking to the woman or the man um, at, the, at the desk, things go well. I'm going to be listened to. Realization, you realize that this person, they don't care if you're in the right hotel or not. They don't care if you have a good stay, you know. So what do you do? Do you keep arguing with them? You know, so it's this, it's like I'm using the holiday thing, but, like, you can apply it yeah, yeah. pretty much, like, any any kind of film,
1: So, so is that, is that story and the love for story and that arc, something that really drew you to um, maybe go from acting and theater to then to starting to write screenplays?
0: Yeah. Like it's like, I was in some, what I would consider like some bad plays, you know, and some (laughs) plays, you know, plays written by you know, fellow students and all that. And it's like when you're reading it and when you read it, when you read a lot of scripts, when you read a lot of books, you're kind of like, you know, like there's something not clicking. Right. You know, there's just something not clicking. And it's because it's missing one of those elements.
1: Mm.
0: I always find because it's like it's a very fine balance. You cannot hit the person over the head and go, oh, here's the moment of realization or here's the moment of choice. You know, it's you have to subtly kind of work it in. You know, one thing I'll one thing I will say is that it's kind of like it's funny how like at a certain point in a lot of like a lot of like big Hollywood films. Not too sure. I can't speak. You know, can't speak to all films, but like there will always be someone will actually say to the main characters, like you got to choose. You know, you will have mm. to choose. You'll hear yes. that. One. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because for ages I I was always like struggling with number four. You know, the ch- the choice the choice. Like uh, I knew I knew that I knew at the halfway point of the story the hero has a realization. You know, the hero has a realization. I got that as well from like reading a lot of like Philip K. Dick. He was the guy who wrote *Do Androids Dream of electric sheep. He wrote total recall minority report. He right. wrote like the, the original novels and his basically all his stories are. And I'm being very, I'm really dominant down. So there are people going to might say that's not what his stories are about at all. But his whole thing is that a character thinks the world is this way. But he realizes there's like this underground world, and that's what that. That's what kind of mm-hmm. gave me the idea for like there's always a realization. The the choice part took me ages to kind of
1: discover, like, like figure out how to set up the the the, the choice part in the story. It, it, uh, it was
0: like, it was like, it, it's kind of like trying to like. I'm gonna can I talk really kind of airy fairy artsy? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, like, yeah. You like, can I,
1: talk however it, you want.
0: It was like I was trying to make. I was trying to kind of bring it into words it's like you 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 see patterns in stories all the time and I was like I was aware that there was something I'm aware that there's patterns that repeat throughout stories and I just couldn't kind of verbal I couldn't make (sighs) so I apologize for what I'm about to say next um I I was struggling to make this this subconscious aspect of storytelling conscious I was you know I was I knew I knew it was in there in the depths you know i knew it was under the surface i knew this pattern kind of repeats itself over and over again and i was like i don't know what it is and then so i was like uh so i always go back to like what i consider the perfect film you know one of my favorite films of all time ghostbusters
1: nice you know? <laughs> yeah. and um,
0: and to me like ghostbusters so i was watching ghostbusters and i was like what is it because in a lot of like screenwriting books a lot of storybooks will say they'll give it these really what i i consider like like these abstract phrases which I've read a lot of screenwriting books and I still don't fully, you know, I don't, I don't like how they, I don't like it. I don't, yeah, I don't, what they say doesn't, I don't feel like it's, it's not right for me. You know, it doesn't speak to me and it doesn't really help me, you know, they'll call it stuff like rising conflict or, you know, I've
1: I've heard that term used and I'm not even in your field. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's kind of, it's too abstract and it doesn't really help the writer, you know, know what's supposed and you know what they're supposed to do next you know so i go back and i watch i watch ghostbusters have you seen ghostbusters like maybe more than once or? Not, not
1: not recently that's, but, that's but that's a while right. ago yeah so what, okay. what do you think what do you think makes it um like a great film when it comes can down we, to the structure
0: can we put a pin in that and then we'll come back to that yeah 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 okay okay so like because like right at the very end they're about the, the to face you know the big ghost you know they're about to face gozer so they blast, blast Gozer, Gozer disappears, and they're like, "Where is she? Where is she?" Blah, blah, blah. And then all you hear is uh, the the traveler has come, choose and perish. You know, so they <laughs> at right at the very end, the Ghostbusters they have to make a choice. They have to choose the form of the destructor. You know, they have to choose the step of Marshmallow Man, and then they have to. You know, it's a series of choices they have to make. They have to choose to cross the streams, even though they know it's going to potentially kill them. You know, it's going to blow them up you know so that was like the eureka moment for me you know Mm. but um but like to get get back to like ghostbusters and what makes it like a perfect film it's just like okay so ghostbusters was like written they had like an idea and uh, i'm gonna give a bit of background on the action so like dan Ackroyd is like um he's this really creative guy but i don't think he knows how to He's got all these ideas and he needs them reined in. Like Ghostbusters was originally like the, they were like time traveling astronauts. And, you know, it was just too big budget. Like on the, like early on, they were like fighting King Kong. It just seemed to be all these big set pieces and there was no real kind of structure. So Harold Ramis comes in and he hones it down. They wrote the script like, basically from when they started writing the script to when the film was finished as in like all the effect shots and it was ready to go into cinemas. They had like a year to do that. They had a really short space of time, Now, I'm not saying this is what makes it good, but I think because they had such pressure on them, Mm. I, I think when you have that kind of pressure on you and when you're working just kind of like flat out, you're making choices that again, I don't think you're fully conscious of. So they're making all these great decisions because Ghostbusters is one of those films. And I'm always like, what is this actually about? What is the actual moral of this? Like, what, what is this film actually about? And, like, um, you know, and it's, people are like, well, it's about, you know, working together. And I'm like, well, they're working together the whole time. They never fall out, you know, And right. like, in a more mainstream, in a more, if they were doing, like, if they were doing, like, a more modern version or something of it, if they were doing it, like, according to screenplay rules, they would have a scene where the Ghostbusters, like, they stop working together, they all fall out, and they all, right. you know, they all stop working together. It's not that film, you know. And it's again, it's one of the, it's it's just it's one of these films that, like, every time you come back to it, you know, the film hasn't. You know, it's like it's like what what I when people talk about the Torah, you know, they go they go the the Torah doesn't change you change every time you come back, to it. and that's and to me to me that's what a, to me that's why like yeah that's to me that's what a good film does is every time you come back to it it you know you've changed. And so the film changes, you mm. know, in front of you. Like Truman shows another great example. The first time I watched it, it was like, oh, it's about a guy who's trying to get out of get out of a TV show, you know. And then I come back a few years later and I watch it again. It's like, oh, it's about like the triumph of like the individual against the system. Mm. And then I and then I come back and I'm a, I'm a bit older again. I'm like, wait, it's about a guy going through a midlife crisis who mm. realizes who's got everything he wants and realizes he doesn't want any of it. You know, it's like it's just it's constantly kind of morphing and changing in front of I you because. That. Because you're going through this journey you're going through this experience and you know and you're you know you're bringing that to a film which is why which is why i think like a lot of films a lot of a lot of plays like like whenever i was whenever i was doing plays when i was acting in plays it was like there was all these like what like david mamet would call issue plays you know it's like did you know as in like it was basically like it was real kind of like it was like did you know that uh, that uh, you know blind people did you know that there are people too you like, yes yeah yeah i do, I do know that. but it's like it's like it's just it reduces it to like it reduces theater to like education
1: okay yes yeah, okay and, and, yeah, and, yeah. and i'm
0: not i'm not i'm not meaning to not meaning to you know rag on education but i think i think when you try it, it's it's such a, it's, instead it's such of like instead
1: a, of making the message more subtle and yeah. artistic it's it's yeah. more uh, watered down and thrown in your yeah. face.
0: It it's beco- it becomes less useful because you there's no multiple readings to it, you know. When you when you're like I wanted if you're like I want to do a film about how people uh you know, people who people who I don't know I'm trying I'm trying to be as unoffensive as, well as possible, <laughs> you know, people who people without people without uh, little fingers are just as capable in society, you know. And that's all it's about, you know, that's all it's about, you know,
1: and there's, it, yeah, there, there's, there's a lack of story and plot structure there.
0: Whereas like, yeah, there's a lack of structure and it's because every scene is about this one thing. It just, it feels robotic. Yes. You know, um, uh, like there's it, for things to be kind of artistic or to be worth more than one view you know the, the things is, is that
1: stick with you is is, is Sorry, that no. is that what is that what makes a a good film or story or novel do you think that it could have multiple interpretations and and that, think, that, that's really what adds the depth i
0: i think yeah i think it's i think it's important that a storyteller i think it's important that a storyteller knows what they want to say but I don't think it's important that they explain it to the audience. Yeah, you know, as long as they have it in their mind what they're trying to communicate, and you know, a story is like a puzzle. You know, I'm gonna sorry, I'm gonna be flying all over the place like I know, I, I <laughs> love it. I love it. So, so like a story is. I don't, like, I don't, I don't get to
1: talk to many people about this stuff, and this is, uh, I, I operate in somewhat of a vacuum because I, I'm not, uh, I don't view myself as a fantastic or even great writer. Um, I just view myself as slightly better than my students, and, um, and and I'm just trying to even learn more myself as the years go on, so I can make them better. And I've fallen in love with writing as the art and the expression that I'm sure you see it as too. And and you express yourself through stories. So if I could uh, even listen to any of your rambles at any time or any <laughs> any any sharings, um, I'm I'm all for it. So yeah, share share anything that you have
0: thank you michael i i appreciate that and i want to just i always say note. it's just it's really good to be able to talk to people about storytelling because i'm uh my best friend moved to la you know and he he and i were like best buds we are still best buds but like he's in la now you know and i'm over yeah, an far hour. away and uh, he and i were kind of like we would like such such a good wavelength um my wife to be rachel um her and i you know we we kind of click on that level too but it's it's like it's not but I understand how people don't want to get into the depths you know of, of, what, of what makes a story of what makes a story work like anytime I'm visiting my parents I'm like driving them nuts. I'm like I'm like well this scene doesn't make sense what's, what was the point of that scene and they go huh go, what was what's the point of that scene no, nothing nothing changed and they go here it's just a tv show and
1: I'm like yeah, do you, do you have a hard time do you have a hard time enjoying things because you're viewing it from that technical lens sometimes
0: you know what i discriminate more with what i watch to be honest, like, I don't, wa- like, I don't watch, like, regular TV, I will watch, I'll kind of, like, watch older stuff, um, and I'll try, I'm trying to be more purposeful in, in what I do watch, at the same time, I've kind of, like, it's weird, I've, like, I've been thinking about this recently, and I'm thinking about doing, like, a blog post on it, about how, kind of, like, my relationship with, like, criticism has changed, mm. you know, and, like, it's, like, it used to be, I would, like, write reviews for stuff, and then I would, like, make suggestions as to you know where it could improve and what i would have done and all that and i'm like i it's weird it's like all of a sudden i don't know what has brought on i just i don't like that anymore i just don't like that style of criticism where it's like um what you should have done because again it makes it's almost like i'm i'm saying um oh i know better than you right even though that that you have the right idea yeah, even though I'm basically, even though these people who've made the film or written the book or blah blah blah, you know, they've they've done all the hard work and they've made the right. choices in the moment. So I'm just coming in, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like that. I'm like that Ronald Reagan phrase, you know. I'm from the government, I'm here to help, you know. It's like, it's like <laughs> I've, you know, I've just kind of like I've descended from the clouds, and I'm like, oh, well, if you just did this, and I'm like, I'm sure they thought this through. I'm sure they thought about this. So now it's like i'm like i'm like i more forgiving no, there's a lot of stuff that like i just yes. like mm. long running long running tv shows and stuff you know i can't i don't have time for my my parents i love them but they, they have they, they have this really specific shot like i take i take the mic i take the piss out of them for this it's like their favorite genre of like tv show is set in a seaside town in england uh two detect two middle-aged detectives one's probably divorced one has a drink problem <laughs> um and and then there's always like a shootout on top of a top of like some apartment building <laughs> and it's you know and somebody's having an affair and i'm like these always these the affair
1: are, the affair is always in there
0: yeah it's like it's like these like these shows it seems to be like last time i was over their house i was like reading the writing credits and it seems to be these shows are were kind of like uh, playwrights who didn't quite make it go to retire so it's like you know it's like i'm not not trying to be cruel i just kind of have noticed a couple of names writing yeah yeah but at the same time they're probably just writing to a particular audience i.e my parents right. who will lo- you know who will who will watch this stuff you know uh it's just it's not for me i've made my peace with the fact that a lot of the stuff that i like is kind of i don't want to say niche because i'm i'm not trying to say that i'm like this kind of hipster you know with alternative or whatever it's but like I know that my niche there was like there was a there was a Blade Runner film that came out a couple of years ago with Ryan Gosling um I loved. it
1: like, I didn't see it though
0: yeah well that's a, that, nobody saw it that's that's <laughs> the thing it's like I loved it but I wanted to tell like it bombed and I wanted to send the filmmakers like an email or write them a letter and say, Thank you so much for making this, but I am not a profitable nation. Do not forget <laughs> about you know, forget about me. Forget about me, you know, and like and it's it's actually Blade Runner, that that Blade, that Ryan Gosling thing, and it kind of this ties back into storytelling. Um it's it's one of those things where like you have to make your hero in some way likable. I know I know that's a big massive non-sequitur there, but like that's right. that's a thing that that's a thing that people seem to neglect you know and a lot of good writers will do it a lot of good writers will do it and but they don't realize that they're doing it because um so do
1: do they do they do that through might they not realize that they're doing that through how like other characters interact with them or how other characters interpret them and and stuff like that is that how you make your character likable i might have lost you Oh wait, right, there you go. I think I got you back. So
0: sorry about that. I think I cut out there just a second.
1: Now I got you. Hello. Oh, there you go. Just, hello. Sorry, right, that think, was weird.
0: I think you're back. Okay, let's let you going. hear going now. <laughs> Yes, I can hear
1: you. Can. All right, good. Yeah, so what um, I was saying is, um, do do writers have a hard time getting their hero to be likable because they're not aware of how they're making other characters interact with that hero? Or is it uh, they're just not making the hero relatable enough? So
0: <laughs> I actually think the reason why some people struggle to make the hero likable is because <laughs> i don't think they like themselves
1: i was just gonna <laughs> ask that i was gonna say is it maybe because they don't like themselves or they're yeah. trying to figure that out because ultimately I, isn't the hero of the story that you're writing it has to be rooted in you to a degree
0: right yeah, like well, it has to be are,
1: inspired by you
0: you you are the, yeah you are the hero whether you like it or not you are on some level you know you're going through the same journey the as same the, the I, same I, journey yeah, and by writing the story, you are, you know, um by writing the story, you are going on that journey. Right. And the hero's journey is the writer's journey.
1: Right. I, I was I was gonna even ask, is the hero's journey similar to that five point uh the five point sequence that you said?
0: Well here this this is the thing, and this is where I'm gonna get <laughs> i I'm, I apologize to your audience. I don't know how I'm coming across. I have a funny feeling that people <laughs> are like, <laughs> like People are like, where does Mike find these wagons? <laughs> you know, but,
1: but like, um, no, not at all. Yeah, you
0: know, I think I think like the five point story and the reason it resonates and the reason why kind of it's almost embedded in every story is because it is essentially a life. You know what I mean? Mm. It's you know, if you think about your younger years, the setup—that's when you're finding out all about the rules of life, and mm. you know, and and then this is your twenties and your thirties, you know, whenever you're really hitting your peak and you think you know it all you know, you think you have it all. And then this is the realization point. That's the midlife crisis. Okay. You know, that is, that is your midlife crisis. You're like, well, I've got, I've got the high paying job. I've got, I've got the, you know, I've got the sports car. I've got this, this, and this, I've got all this material goods, but I'm so unhappy. And that's when you, you know, you the hero realizes that the problem isn't, you know, the surface. Mm. The problem is within, within, and, and it's how they, it's how they go about it. And then, you know you have the choice part and that is what do I you know you're getting maybe this is your 50s 60s 70s territory here for the choice part you're like well what do I want my legacy to be what do I want to leave behind you know and then you got your aftermath and that's kind of when you're in you know 80s, and the 90s. and the
1: aftermath is is like I guess that would be the point <laughs> in the hero's journey like where then they're giving back to yep. like maybe uh like future well, generation.
0: I, well I would say that's that's the choice part you that's know the do you choice want a whole, part you, do you want to hold on to your wealth because like i would say kind of like by the time uh-huh. you get to your 60s and 70s that's when you want to start giving back you know that's what do i want to hold on to as much wealth as i can or do i want to kind of okay you know better better the future generations and the aftermath is like well do people accept you know am i am i a lonely old man sitting in the house waiting to die or am mm. i surrounded by loved ones you know it's that kind of thing that's the aftermath and then you know onwards to death <laughs> 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 you know the end of the film you know because yeah you know the end of the film is you know the end of a life you know so it's right. at the end the end of a story is the end of a life you know right it's, it's uh
1: so, so, so how did so, you, you start studying all this did you start looking into this yourself did you go to school did you study this in school or
0: i went to when i went to university um i did film studies and then i realized that film studies was a lot of shit and they taught me nothing so i had to go no. and basically buy all these books and i'm kind of through through kind of like actor friends i found i discovered like a uh, david mamet um he's a playwright. he wrote uh, glengarry glen ross uh the, he's written a couple of films as well and his he speaks so plain and so down the line he has a book on acting that i think is fantastic because not because it's the best acting book because it agrees with a lot of the stuff right. that i would do as acting and acting is just his thing is like there's no there's no method acting you just you learn your lines you show up on time you're polite you're courteous you know even if you give up one of the most important things that i learned from from his book on acting is even if you give a terrible performance and somebody comes up to you afterwards and said that was really good all you say is thank you <laughs> <laughs> you know because like when i was acting in plays people were like people people were like you were good and i was like i was I was terrible i was i was awful and you're like well you know that's you know maybe i was awful but that's up to me to be better the next night if somebody comes up and gives you a compliment
1: just just take it yeah just say thank you yeah
0: because if you're saying no 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 i was awful you're basically you're not only saying that you were awful you're also saying uh, see your, you're, see you, your opinions and your tastes. You're,
1: you're wrong. You don't, right, right. you
0: don't know anything. <laughs> I could take a dump in the stage and you wouldn't know anything. I actually, I so actually stupid. never,
1: I actually never thought of it like that, but that's a good point.
0: Well, listen, if, if somebody gives you a compliment and you correct them, you like it's, it's, they may not even be aware of it, but they like, might
1: not be aware you, of it, but, you, but you're
0: insulting them. Yeah.
1: You know? To a degree. Yeah.
0: To, to a massive degree you're basically <laughs> saying you, you're, you're basically saying your taste is so awful you you don't know you don't know shit from Shinola you know what I mean it's, it's, it's that kind of thing and like it's so that was one of the most it was it was basic his acting stuff is very just straight down the line you know all oh, his stuff is like this it's so it's so basic and like a lot of my actor friends hated this book because it wasn't all airy fairy and artsy fartsy you know he was like he was like, method acting is a load of nonsense. Don't listen to it. You know, his, his whole thing is like, if you're gonna stand on the stage, face out, if you're gonna look anywhere, mm. look up because the audience are there to see your face and hear mm. you. You know, that's the main thing. Don't don't worry about because when I was doing acting, when I was in plays, when I was you know involved in that, people were always talking about naturalism and realism and all that. And and then this book, I was reading this book, which felt you know revolutionary. He was like, What it was like, do you think, do you think the lighting technician knows the difference between realism and naturalism? <laughs> you
1: know? like, no, he's just, just he's just shining the light where he needs to shine he, the light. He's
0: shining the light, you know, the, you know, on the stage, the story, you know, it's not none of it's real, you know. So trying to be like, oh, this is, you know, you there's like there are films. If you look back at like films over the years that were always considered like, you know, oh, this is groundbreaking, this is really realistic. You look back at them, and a lot of them are just they're math. Mm. you know. I always felt like like. Philadelphia was one of those films that I was like, this is so naff. You know, whenever I you know, whenever I saw, it, but it was like a real kind of issue. It was an right. issue film whenever it came out. And I was just like, I don't I don't enjoy it. The, there's just it's it feels phony or something. I couldn't quite put my finger on, but it was like it just something doesn't feel right. But so I'm trying to think, how do we get on to this?
1: So how um, you start how you started what you were studying and uh Oh yeah, yeah.
0: And then from that I kind of like I started uh kind of reading more into like kind of screenplays and there's a there's a fair there's an a kind of there's a big book called story by robert mckee that a lot of people recommend and i i just i couldn't get through it you know it's just it's it's too it's too technical for my liking you know okay. and but then in the David Mamet books, he had other books, he had books on directing, books on writing and stuff. So I was like gobbling this stuff up and he then he would make his recommendations and one of them is, let's see. <laughs> this is, just a wee second if you bear with me. Yeah,
1: um, yeah.
0: This is like, a, it's called The Uses of an Enchantment by Bruno Battleheim. Cool. And it is, it is about... It is about the importance of like fairy tales for children, mm. and how it, and how it deals with like their, um, you know their mental development that helps them to it's, it's
1: like I guess make sense of the world,
0: make sense of the world. And he's like they they went through a period. You know the way there was like there was a bit of controversy because they were editing Roald Dahl's books and, right. and all that. Um, well there was like a period where they like tried to edit the Grimm's Brothers fairy tales you know to stop you know to stop being so violent but by doing that you're kind of defeating the purpose of the fairy tale right you know it's because the a, ch- a, a child's brain and like it, the thing is like this kubrick read uh, sorry i'm going off when <laughs> so oh, i see like really, so, so when i get like really excited about it <laughs> uh, i just kind of like it's like um i go off in like several different directions at once so i'm here to capture thing. it No problem. Let me (laughs) just stick with me and to your listeners, please bear with me. I'm going to try and verbalize this as best I can. So Kubrick read this, um, used this whenever he was uh, making The Shining and um, he tried to like bring in elements of that, you know, the fairy story to the horror. What this book is saying is essentially that you know, you know, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be a parent yourself soon. So like the The reason why it's always the wicked stepmother in fairy stories is because a child cannot, you know, cope with the fact that a mother or a father could ever be mean to their child. Mm. You know, so by saying it's a stepmother, uh. it's removing it's removing it. It's removing, you know, it's not saying your mother, right? You know, and you know, it's Little Red Riding Hood. I don't think not. You know, it's you're never really given too much of a description of little red riding hood so because it's left blank you kind of project yourself onto that Ah, you know the less you know the less you know about the hero of a fairy story the more the easier it is for a child to kind of project themselves onto that
1: that makes sense and,
0: and the same thing kind of applies to filmmaking and you know filmmaking and storytelling in general if i go if i go a, a small child with a with a red riding hood um, went took a basket took a picnic basket and went to visit her grandmother now, i'm not saying i'm not saying it's a boy or a girl you know whereas if i were to say um a a short fat right a uh, short, fat, mustachioed man from uh, Kuala <laughs> Lumpur. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's, it's, Immediately, you know. you, yeah, you you uh, you
1: count it out like ninety eight percent of the population. Yeah, it's
0: like it's like it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not that it's not relatable. It's just it's very specific. You know, but part of the reason I think like Keanu Reeves is so popular is because he is like he is like his blankness is actually part of his popularity. You know, people yes. always are like he can't act, and you're like, no. What he does is he acts. his in his niche very well you're able to project yourself on the neo you know yes
1: yeah because you
0: are you are like you know you can go you you you're neo because you think you know you know the matrix is about you know the basically the universe revolves around this one guy and that's that's us we all kind of on some level think that you know the the universe revolves around us you know so having someone like keanu reeves having someone blank like that
1: you know makes sense
0: yeah, you it's you're easier. It's easier to project yourself into that and to go on that journey, you know. Whereas if it's Danny DeVito, it's Neo. It's Neo you know what I mean?
1: I'm picturing Danny DeVito as Neo yeah, exactly. in the Matrix
0: yeah, with, with, the, with the jacket, <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to run up the walls and stuff. You know, it's a it's it's a it struggle. Work. It, it would it wouldn't work. You need that kind of blindness, and that's kind of what this is about. Mm. And he talks he talks about like the Freudian, the Freudian symbolism you know, in, you know, in, there's like, there's like the whole subconscious kind of dwelling below the surface. So like, for example, in sleeping beauty, sleeping beauty is about a young girl who prick, pricks her, you know, pricks her finger on a spinning wheel, draws blood and then is cast under a spell and falls asleep until she is woken up. So, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice fairy story, but what is the Freudian mm. underbelly to this? So, so in, in the Disney in the Disney version, I don't know if it's in the actual fairy story itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying
1: goes, I'm trying to remember the story now.
0: So she goes up. So they basically they put her in hiding. The king and the queen put her in hiding and they burn all the spinning wheels uh to stop her from drawing blood. But she finds herself drawn back to I forget why, she's drawn back to the castle and she's led up a spiral, up a spiral staircase. Into this tower where she pricks her finger. I'm I'm thinking of the visuals from the Disney one myself, but so then she falls into the coma and then she's not woken up until she's kissed by Prince Charming. Now, what on a Freudian level, on a symbolic level, what does this mean? How does this speak to the subconscious? Why is this still so popular? So what sleeping beauty is about on a on a Freudian level is about parents who don't want their daughter to enter. Uh, womanhood you know the the pricking of the finger the drawing of the blood is you know when she starts menstruating essentially Mm. you know it's a first blood you know so and the the trauma of that is what sends her into the coma her not being not her not feeling ready to become a woman to become an adult become an adult uh, yeah to enter adolescence is what puts her in the coma and this is why this is why whenever these people are like Um when Prince Charming kisses her and she's asleep, that's actually assault. And you're like, no, it's no, it's no, no, it's it's not, it's not not." because the print this is the thing, and this is the thing about films as well. The person, the person, the characters in it, they're not representative of individual characters. They're all encapsulating a whole. So when Prince Charming kisses Sleeping Beauty, that's her. That's her saying. I'm ready to enter adulthood now. I'm ready to enter an adult relationship. So what, what
1: if, is what is the misinterpretation? Is it that people are taking things way too literally? Is that
0: this like? And I don't mean this in like a derogatory sense, but I think there's like there's like a cultural autism. As yes, in like things, yeah. things things literally can only be the things that they are things can't have which is why you're getting all these kind of lecture films these lecture plays i was, I was just- gonna
1: say i was gonna bring it back to that and that's why you get the plays or films where to maybe someone who understands that and sees that it seems silly and it seems obvious yeah. and it seems uh watered down and you kind of feel i feel insulted. i feel insulted sometimes i feel like yeah. you know uh, that that they thought I was this dumb that they that they needed to make it glaringly obvious,
0: and then and uh, so, like like it's it's funny, like when you when you're telling a story, you're not, you know, and you have a female in the story, you're not you know, you're not saying that this is an actual living part. It gets back to the whole, you know, the plays are fake. what's it you know, there's no point in that. you know, trying to pretend that your thing the thing you're doing is realistic is a fool's errand because ultimately it's not. And the audience are never going to buy that it's a real thing
1: right
0: so like when you're telling stories things take on like an archetypal archetypal kind of shape and form so when you see like when you see a woman on film or a man on film you're not necessarily seeing the man or the woman but it's kind of like what they represent so like when you see when you see people like lara croft run about kicking ass the reason it doesn't work it's not because it's a woman kicking ass it's because it's you, you don't expect like feminine virtue it's the feminine virtues aren't you know properly utilized you know mm. you can still have you can still have you can still have films where women kick ass you know you have Sarah Connor you know from Terminator and you have Ellen Ridley right. from Aliens you know so you can still do it but when you see them kind of like running about taking on like 20 guys and stuff it's it's just it's not as engaging because on like a subconscious level you're kind of like there's something that doesn't sit right with me and I'm not enjoying this as much, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, 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 and and, and entirely. So, so why, like, oh, I, do, you, do you think that's that's shifted across all artistic mediums and and over time? It
0: it feels like all the mainstream stuff, all the kind of like the the stuff which has the money put behind it. It all kind of feels like that to me at the minute, you know. And it's yeah. and I feel like kind of people have moved away from telling, like, people have moved away from like telling. The stories that they themselves want to tell and they're telling story. it's like it's like they're giving the they're giving the audience what the audience are asking for but i don't think the like you know the audience don't necessarily know, know what, what they, they want, they want. Can, yeah they can't they can't fully like uh, you know it, if you're like to talk to something you realize that like there's people out there who are not kind of like
1: sorry, sorry I'm to, um, I, I get what you're saying it's, it's yeah, hard to it's, it's hard to put into words
0: it used to be people always used to say to me kieran uh, you know you hate everything and i'm like no, no 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 that's that's not true it's like i know what i like and i try i try whenever i don't like something i try to work out what is it that doesn't work so i'm very good at kind of verbalizing why something
1: doesn't work you, you have know, strong conviction in what you yeah. know and what you don't know.
0: Yeah, it's, it, 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 the, where I where I run into difficulties is when I meet someone who
1: goes and goes. I like this, and I go, Why did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and often people will not be able to explain why.
0: Exactly, exactly. Whereas I'm able to break down why it's not good, and you'll find that people don't really want to talk to you <laughs> explain to them why their opinions are Most drafted.
1: people don't want to go yeah. that extra layer of depth. Yeah. They, they don't. But like,
0: but like, it's, and for me, it's not because I like to pick things apart and all that. It's because like, you know, the older I get, the more I realize that like time is a precious resource and I don't want to, you know, it's when people go, and I go, that's, that's going to be no good. And they go, well, you don't know what's going to be. And I'm like, I don't need to, I don't need, I know it's not for me. You know what I mean? Right. Like say, you say know what you like, like
1: and you know what you don't.
0: Yeah, I'm like, they go, oh, Bridgerton. I was like, no, I know I don't like period drums. I know I don't like blah, blah, blah. You know, it's this, it's this kind of stuff. I'm able to kind of verbalize why I don't like stuff, you know, because I think, it's
1: a, I, 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 I think it. I, I think today it, that's a big issue because, like you were saying, I don't know if the audience is as in touch with themselves as... As what they might have been in the past, the audience in general might be more informed on a broad spectrum of things because we have the internet and the ubiquitous access to information. But when it comes to the depth and the like, you know, the archetypal history that stories have provided us for our, like you know, for as long as human beings have been around, um, I, I think is definitely it's not there, it's not being tapped into in the way that it might've been a few decades ago and maybe to a degree that we relied on before information was shared and before we had writing um, to the degree that we do now and before we had uh, you know the printing press and the internet and all that. So it's really interesting that we've always used story as this vehicle to learn, to understand ourselves. And we're still talking about that now. Like even you just said, When you're writing the story, you are a part of and you're in the hero's journey itself. So it's almost like the the people that are doing the story writing are aware of that and they know that and they've studied it and they're trying to envelop themselves in it and express themselves through it. But the audience is so far from understanding that at all. Even me teaching, I, I, I teach the hero's journey in one of my English classes Throughout the beginning of the year, we'll work on all the fundamental figurative language skills, central idea, then we'll dive into characterization, and we're studying all that throughout the beginning and then the middle of the year, and then towards towards this time of the year is where I'll start to introduce the hero's journey, and I'll break it down into 12 chapters, and Mm -hmm. I teach them the structure of the hero's journey chapter by chapter. We work on them writing and they structure their story. They, they have to create the hero archetype before mm-hmm. we even start writing the chapters. And they are fucking obsessed with it. They love it. They, there's Good. just something that comes alive in them in kids that didn't even think about writing stories before that. So I see the importance to our lives with stories, but I feel like that's not getting touched on at all. I
0: think we're given like I think people, the thing about stories is, and our thoughts, really, any kind of creative thoughts, is they're all on some level kind of psychotic and kind of weird. Yeah. You know? and I think and I think people put way too much importance and stock in wanting to be liked, mm. you know, so they so they sand off these edges. they sand, they sand off these unique edges, you know, that uh, that makes the story come alive. instead they like they present like, so like you know um i don't know if you follow Joshua Isaac on um on twitter but uh, the has, name's
1: the name's familiar he's he's a good follow
0: he is um he did this article he did this tweet thread that went that went viral about um mary sues uh, mary sues are um i don't if i'm patronizing you please <laughs> to shut up. but like mary sues are basically like uh, female characters in stories who have no weaknesses everybody loves they got no you know no no difficulties and like there's in those disney star wars the main female character was accused of being a mary sue Sue. she she had no she had no difficulties you know she was immediately the best user of the force Mm. she every everybody who met her liked her and thought she was great and all that so the problem is as well is heroes like that mary sue kind of characters and they're you know and this is the this is the thing is, I was talking to my friend. Go ahead. Is
1: is it, so? Is that like we were saying? Is that the author or the writer afraid to not be liked themselves? Or
0: well, you, well, you see, I think it's I think it's because as well with like you know uh, whatever you want to call it like PC culture or wokeism or whatever you whatever you want to call it has like infected it. So you have like writers who are afraid of being accused of being you know sexist, so, you know something like. Something like streetcar named desire could never, mm. you know, people.
1: Yeah. It,
0: it could be written today, but people would be too afraid to write it, you know, because it's about basically, you know, a woman who's a bit of a, a bit of a slut, and then <laughs> you, know, you know, is uh, you know, it's it's what it's, it's uh, you know, and she's mistreated for it, and but you couldn't do that. You couldn't if if so if a studio of like a mainstream studio of Disney or or someone had that. Had that property, they would make her a reformed alcoholic who, you know, uh, who is top of her class, who gets who gets Bell Reeve back, you know, who gets the gets the land back, and you know, Stanley would get hanged, you know, he would get killed (laughs) in a lynch mob, you know, it wouldn't be her fault, you know, that kind of thing. It would be, you know, it's so when you do that, when you, it just it feel it's un it's unrelatable you know, you need to have characters who have weaknesses because you cannot relate right, you cannot You cannot relate to people who have no flaws because we all have imposter system uh, imposter syndrome, we're all kind of aware, you That's know great point. We all, you know, it's it's one of those things where with, you know, with storytelling you need to, I kind of lost my train of thought here, but like it's what was I saying, you know, you need to be yeah, people like are how you, you, it's sorry, not relatable
1: sorry, no. if you're if you're perfect like a hero yes. who's perfect is not relatable I, I yeah. tell my students that all the time I, I try to say you know think of a Netflix show or a book that you've read or any story that you've read in school anywhere um, a movie where there's not a hero digging themselves out of the trenches or overcoming yeah. some kind of obstacle you would never watch it and it's probably not made because I mean nowadays it probably is made like you're saying but yeah um and if you look in the past that that wouldn't have been a successful movie or a show it wouldn't have been supported because people can't relate to that
0: well well okay well here's here's an example i was talking about blade runner earlier and i would use it as an example of like i'm like i can tell you the exact i can tell you why that film bombed and it's because right at the start the hero ryan gosling is he plays this like uh it's kind of like this futuristic cop who goes around uh killing runaway robots basically okay um so the first scene of that film is him showing up to Dave Batista's farm. So he's broken into Dave Batista's farm. Dave Batista comes in after working on his farm. He's taking off his stuff. He has soup. He has soup. He's getting soup ready on the on the stove, and uh, Dave Batista offers him, offers him some soup, and he's like, No, 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 uh, no. You know, you know what's going to happen. I'm coming after you. I'm going to kill you. The two get into a fight, and then Ryan Gosling kills Dave Batista. So I'm like, that is that moment is like right at the start is when people checked out because why, why do you hero, think? Because the hero is unrelatable. The first thing you see him do is break into a guy's house, a guy who has been living on a farm for what you kind of learn has been years peaceful, no no problem to anyone. Ryan Gosling shows up to his house one day and kills him in cold blood, you know. And there's the guy. So so maybe
1: so what if what if uh, Ryan Gosling before he showed up to kill him in cold blood, what if he was shown getting out of bed two feet hit the ground walks over to the sink and maybe starts to shave Well, you see like, that's brushes teeth okay okay and this, then go to kill
0: this is this is this is quite funny one of my one of my writing rules that I have is I like, get the start of the film I am any story I'm writing on I am not allowed to have the hero wake up in bed okay it's just it's one of my writing rules I broke it when I made when I made when I made my zombie film years ago I broke that rule. But as soon as I broke that rule, I was like, that's why I don't do this. You know, it's is it like, because it's so, too common? It's because it doesn't really it doesn't really add. It. You see, you need no, it would be you need to make the hero likable. The problem with that scene is the hero is immediately not relatable and he's unlikable because here was Dave Batista minding his own business. Maybe he wasn't allowed to operate or whatever, but you haven't seen Dave Batista do anything bad. Okay. You know. You know, there was a there was a Chris Nolan film out uh, a few years ago called Tenet, which had like the reverse time thing. Um, and again, they did this thing. There is a mistake that films make, where they introduce the bad guy. They get so wrapped up in telling you about the hero that they forget to introduce the bad guy. And they also, basically, you need to show your antagonist doing. You need to have your hero do something good at the start, and you need to have.
1: The antagonist should do something bad enough bad. i guess to, to yeah. justify the hero the hero yeah. doing what they might be doing or yeah
0: so if so how i would do it is i would you know say the ryan goslin thing i i know i said earlier that i thought like, <laughs> you, you wouldn't, know, that but you wouldn't like, criticize but, but if somebody get, i'm not i'm not criticizing this is the thing i still love that film you know but i that's why it, that's why it didn't click with mainstream audiences you know that's what it, i you know it it kind of died on the vine, you know, and I guarantee you the people didn't say that was, the pro- that was the problem, but I guarantee you that was when the audience on a subconscious level checked mm. out, they were like, they're like, I'm not here. Because, um whereas if you had, say, Dave Batista robbing a bank and shooting, you know, or robbing like a, I don't know, another, doing a raid on another farm, you know, and like and Ryan, Gos- you know it's very simple you know it's very simple and then, and then the guy is-
1: dave batista maybe after he does something wrong to another farmer yeah. he comes back and then he's getting settled into his place he gets the soup yeah. and then ryan gosling comes yes in.
0: yeah or like or you have ryan gosling comes in and he maybe finds the former you know the actual rightful owners of the farm dead in a cupboard or something okay. like that you know with bullets in their head right you know, uh, if you really want to go for it uh you know you have you have like the daughter the daughter's still alive or something if you really want if you really want to make Batista bad you have them kill the child if you want to make Ryan Gosling really good you have him make sure that he gets a child out of there quick you Mm. know save the child you know so it's like it's it's like you need to make your hero likable because I always find it funny like Tarantino has a podcast and I've you know I like Tarantino was the kind of like the guy who got me into like seeing um films as like more than just you know star wars ghostbusters you know just you know indiana jones all that kind of stuff it got me into seeing them you know because like i saw it i saw it when i i I always think like your favorite films or like you know your favorite experiences you like you can remember it exactly when you saw it so like because i remember it because it was literally the (laughs) it was like the week it was like the week after 9 11 (laughs) like and they and then Uh, over in over in the uk here they had they were doing like these nostalgia shows i love the 90s you know that kind of thing and the the week after like 9-11 it was i love 1994 you know so they showed pulp fiction and i remember Uh that because because the next week people were like people that bbc would have this show where people would write in and complain it was called points of view or it was like what the Basically, the BBC would read out their complaints letters, and people were like, "How could you? How could you show this violent film after you know, <laughs> after so, such a such a horrendous tragedy?" But like, the thing is, is like that really kind of set me off on the kind of the journey of, you know, films, films and stories. You know, they're more than just people shooting at each other and people running away. Way more, you know. And so, Tar- Tarantino. One of the things he always says is that um you know uh it's not you know films these days just they want to make all their heroes likable i don't do that with my films the thing is he does he, he makes does. His, i was
1: going to say he, he does
0: he does he does that with every one of his films and one of the one of the one of the things that really actually kind of opened my like kind of blew my mind to like his you know what i would consider his genius is he mucks about with like story structure so that you see the see his characters in their most likable light you know huh. so f- so take, ju-
1: so take did, did, t- yeah yeah i was gonna say um maybe not so can you can you give an example with like Django or um
0: well, well, a, a giant, ja- okay jango's quite Django is is quite a simple one because okay first of all uh Django i've, I've watched that
1: one probably the most
0: so jango's a slave so you're immediately on his side right so when he gets freed. So you're immediately on those two guys' side,
1: right? So because, you shouldn't. So you shouldn't like Christoph Waltz from the beginning, right? No, so you, no,
0: you should. You should. You, you should. This is this is how he does it. This is what this is how Tarantino does it. it it's through subtle things. So uh, Schultz, uh, your man Schultz, um, he talks to the slaves with respect,
1: right? Okay. He talks. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. talks
0: to them with respect, and then what he does even better, he goes. If you, uh, if you, any astronomers there, this is the North star, which will lead yeah. you North. And, uh, yes. he wrote, and if someone, if something were to happen to the slaver, well, who knows, you know, that. <laughs> you, you know, he,
1: so he doesn't say, you're kill, right, you're he, doesn't,
0: right. he doesn't say kill this guy. He says to the slaves, you know, so this is, you know, he says to the slaves, now this is a guy in, you know, that, that period, you know, Antebellum South. You know, he he probably would have got rewarded if he returned the slaves, you know, if we're saying, you know, saying this from the context, but instead he says, go north mm. where you will, you know, you will be free, you know? So he, here are, here are some slaves that he didn't have to help. So you're immediately on his side, you're on Django's side, because you see that he's, okay. you know, you know, he's, he's got the scars on his back and they're making him walk, you know, so you're immediately on his side. So when he goes on his, you know, rampage of revenge, you're like, yeah, I'm, t- I'm totally with him.
1: You're, yeah. You're with him.
0: Yeah. You know? and then he Tarantino uses flashbacks as well you know you see you see just how cruelly treated you know he was him and his wife right uh, and Schultz as well you know he's just he's you can tell that he's a good guy just kind of from that first scene so you're immediately on board with those two characters right. and what so to get the the reservoir dog so you have that scene where they're all talking in the diner then there's the credits then the next scene after that is Mr White holding on the you know, Mr. Orange is all like, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, Frankie, I can't believe she shot me, going to die. And then he's going, you're not going to die, you're not going to die. So you have this, so the next scene is Mr. White being extremely, you know, kind and nurturing right. and wanting to break the rules. Like he's even got this guy's first name, which was like a big no-no, they were like, you can't do that, you know, and taking care of him and like, you know, real kind of moments of tenderness between the two of them. But if they, this is the thing. If they, if you showed it in order, in like chronological order, one of the next things you would see Mr. White do is basically blowing two cops away with two guns in the car, you know, right. and them shooting Ill, innocent civilians. But they leave, But Tarantino is like he leaves that all till later. So yes, from a chronological wow. point of view, his characters are unlikable. Wow. From, but but the order he tells the story in makes them likable
1: so so is that his uniqueness is that what he does that makes him unique compared to most others i think like because there is something about his films that are drastically different and i'm not someone who's in your field or knows the technicality but when i'm watching his films the scenes feel longer like it seems like there's given there there's more time and space given to like hash uh a situation out to where it feels more authentic and real um, but is, is that what makes him unique compared to most others?
0: I think there's, I think there's, there's probably not just, there's probably not one thing like there's, it's kind of cool. He's kind of, as in like, he has got this kind of whole kind of air of cool over it. Yeah, yeah, Um, he, he lifts a lot from like other films that have inspired him and he's kind of like mashing it up, you know, he's okay. kind of like, he's, he's kind of like a remixer of like other films, you know, so he's taking all these different elements, he's kind of putting them all together. To make them work, you know, it's like his films are kinda like East Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah. You know, with a bit of bit of Kubrick, bit of like Hong Kong action cinema, bit of, you know, it's right. He kinda he takes from everywhere. So like it's probably not one thing, but like it's just I really when he says his characters aren't like I just I think
1: I end up liking his characters a lot.
0: Yeah. It's, it's I think, I just, I don't know, I just probably, I just don't agree with his phrasing of it because as well, he, like, he talks about, like, he has these film recommendations and then I go check him out and he goes, what I like about this is this these characters are so unlikable. And then you go and watch the film, you're like, no, no, they're they're likable, they're likable. Like, there was this Western he was talking about, he's like, this guy is so horrible. But, like, the first thing you see this guy do, this bandit, is he walks into, like, an ambush. He's doing something honest, but then the the sheriff or whatever try to ambush him. So again, you're on his side because you right. haven't seen the because you haven't seen the bad guy do the bad thing first.
1: You so, know so, you are. So what do you so what do you think he means by when he says? Unlikable? I think he
0: just means. I think he just means. I think he just means, as in like the sense of like you know being polite. <laughs> you okay. know, what I mean, as in like yeah, yeah, his his characters are abrasive. I I don't quite. That's that's the thing. I would love to pick his brain and kind of get to the bottom of it. You know, like what he's what he's talking about because. Like I think I think making your characters likable is probably the important most important thing. And just by likable I mean as in like there's two ways to do it. You can either, you know, you have them do something kind, or you just have the world around them be so horrible and oppressive that you're like, you know what, I can actually uh I totally I totally get that. There's right. a great film I there's a great film I watched last year with uh with uh, Aubrey Plaza in it. I forget what it was called. It was something it, it was a woman's name and then her name, the criminal, it was like Julie the criminal or something like that, you know, and I was like, this is great because you're never, you're never condoning what she does, but you totally get it. Like the first, her first scene is her going to a job interview and they're like, they're asking her these questions and then, um you know, they go, uh, they go, so uh, what about, uh you know, she needs this job, you know, she needs this job, you know, she's trying to pay off, she's talking about how much she's got paid off like tuition fees and all that. And she goes to this job interview and they're asking her questions. And then they're like, so what about, uh, what about this arrest that you that happened to you like uh, 20 years ago or whatever? And she goes, oh, and then she has to tell the story about like how her basically her boyfriend beat her. So then she hit him back and then the cops showed up and arrested her. So again, you're on her side. She was right. She was the one doing the wrong. She was the one in who's being wronged by the system. You know? So when she starts doing criminal activities, you're like, I totally get it. She's trying to play by the system's rules. And she's still getting screwed. So if the system is unfair, then you totally understand then you why can, she
1: then you can relate yeah, to her.
0: Yeah, you're like, no, I totally get that. She has done her best to do things the right way. So when she starts going down the wrong way, you're like, I don't, I don't condone it, but I understand it.
1: Dude, that is so much deeper than what people give it credit for. It really is. And um, and and I don't think that movies or many movies or shows are doing that or uh, you know exemplifying that today. One show that came to mind when you were just talking about that is Game of Thrones for me. And um, I hated so many characters or I liked so many characters. Um, Some of the characters that I hated at the beginning, I ended up loving the most towards the end. Yeah, you start rooting for. And then me being on the back end, teaching kids how to just write even the most fundamental stories. That showed me that that is good writing. For the person to be able to convert me um without even being aware of it is is powerful. Uh, I'm trying to think of the character in particular. Are you thinking he, of
0: uh, J- Jimmy Lannister, the one who gets his hand cut Jamie
1: Lannister is one, yeah, <laughs> and also um, who's the? Uh, he's like the sneaky guy, kind of like snakeish. Uh, he little, runs the whorehouse. Littlefinger. Yes, Littlefinger. Little finger. At first, at first, I hated Littlefinger, but then as the series went on. I just thought he was so intelligent and cunning and I still didn't like him. Like I didn't, Yeah. I knew that I wouldn't be like him in real life, but there's something about his character that I respected. And the fact that I liked someone that was bad or that I liked their character, it was blowing my mind that they were able to make me feel this.
0: The thing is the thing about the thing about like game of Thrones is that world is so awful, you know, (laughs) that, that you, to understand that people are doing whatever they can to survive
1: that's you true know? that's a great it's, point
0: you know it's that's why it's you know there's there's high stakes throughout game of Thrones. you know at any moment someone could get their head you know ned stark gets his head cut off you know it's um it, yeah it's again and like that's one thing that i will say that film not film that tv does better than film and that you can have a conversion of feelings towards you know Someone who you hate, you can end up like is, is you know, that
1: is that just because there's more time and the opportunity to do that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then yeah, you can kind of like you can almost kind of like reset the clock kind of on certain characters by just showing them. You have more time to let that breathe. So
1: so if anything, you know? a series is more forgiving than a film.
0: Yeah, because there's more nuance. You know, a film mm-hmm. is kind of like more plot driven, you know, whereas like a TV show is kind of more character driven. It's important to have a plot if you're doing a TV show or something like long, long form like that, but with like film kind of the the first impression you know the first impression is kind of the one that is going to stick mm. you know with with audiences and like a lot of in game of thrones like a lot of the characters they kind of get their wee monologue moment you know where they kind of have yes. like to explain their motivations you know and it's it's those moments are important as well you wouldn't you wouldn't you just you couldn't do something like that in the film you know in like two hour runtime you know you would yeah, have every, to like have everyone it's...
1: has their their like little whisper conversation like in the side where it's going yeah. on for maybe a minute or two yeah, you're right you wouldn't yeah. be able to do that in a, in a film yeah
0: you wouldn't be able to yeah you would either have to like super focus it on one character or you know or it would just kind of be it would be a bit of a mess because
1: Game of Thrones does give me even when I'm watching it or I've watched it, I watched it uh, during covid but um, I felt the the plots or the the arcs of each character like weaving into each other and uh and you could feel the story of each person kind of yeah moving in and out and you could almost see it happen um kind of like the intro with the the graphics and the intro how you see the map forming you could see the storylines forming like that too over time yeah it's like it's what is it it's it's like multiple stories within within a story
0: yeah so like they're able to set up like multiple protagonists
1: yeah yes yeah yeah so what you're not so, used to yeah so
0: whenever you know whenever these people like oh i think i think to me like the you know the height of game of thrones was like the end of season four whenever they have the hound versus a yes. big tall lady brianna because yeah, yeah. you're like i'm actually rooting for both of them you know yeah, it's, it's right. one of those things you know right. and i think that's i think that's something like tv and kind of longer form content sorry i don't like using the word content sorry longer form storytelling um kind of has the advantage because you're able to kind of spend time with those characters you're able to see nuances that you wouldn't you know see in like a shorter form Mm. and and because of that you know you're like i think that's i think that's when kind of like when tv really peaks whenever you like you don't know who you're really rooting for you know because Mm. you're both you know because like brianna tarth you know she had a she had a she had a hard go. She was she's badly treated. You know, at every turn, you know, every, people are always kind of like dismissive of her because she's a woman and she's not like in the context in the context of the show. Not saying she's not attractive. I'm saying in the context right, right. of the show, she's considered unattractive. But then you have the hound who has been mistreated, treated like you know, even though he's a horrible guy and he's like he's you know he's essentially established as like you kind of see him as like this honest character. You know, right. because he is, he is he, who he is everyone else is like oh i'm not going to kill anyone i'm not going to do anything bad whereas he's like he's he's basically like the garbage man of uh <laughs> you know of, of kings of king's landing so you kind of like you might you might not like him but you kind of respect him because he's like he's honest he's got no airs and graces you know he's hard, hardly burned the fire you you know he hasn't had the easiest of upbringings so like through through the course of the show you know like and again and again with the hound the hound is good to Sansa, he's good to Sansa, you know and mm. that makes you think hold on he's maybe he's a bit likable you know right here's a guy here's a guy who could have easily when she was cornered he could have easily taken advantage of her but he didn't so you're like yes okay okay so he's a man of honor he has a code it might be it might not be a code that we agree with but in the in king's landing someone who's like has principles is like ranked higher yes
1: you know, that, yeah. and, that's,
0: and that's the thing a lot of those characters they all have these principles they all have this code that they stick to you know because everybody is so duplicitous and mm. king's landing and game of thrones you're kind of like well that's for as, as long as these people have a code you can kind of get behind them you know
1: that's that's so interesting so interesting so now even to shift focus into your own writing when mm. you're starting to write your own story or you're thinking about your own hero that you're creating or that you've created in the past what are some of the initial challenges that you face in the process um, like do you have to do certain things when it comes to the the beginning of the process compared to once you start getting the story laid out or like, how do you, how do you work?
0: Well, you see, it's, I'm not going to say it's easy because like it takes me ages to like kind of finish things and kind of get the, like the the motivation. Well, not even the motivation. It's kind of like to see, kind of see it through the end like to wonder, is this a project that's worth-
1: that you want to publish?
0: Yeah, that I want to pursue kind of to the end. Like, um so- I always kind of find that like with with certain stor with stories it like takes me like a draft or two to kind of realize what the actual story is about because I have like my kind of my five point system like plotting it out is kind of easy enough and I know that the character what kind of choices kind of for me plot and character is kind of interlinked so like his the the choices that a character will make in my stories will you know they will drive the plot forward you know right. the cho- so there's pardon me it's not it's not that it's easy it's just i find the plotting you know plotting out the structuring of the story i find that to be the easiest part you know to and, do first yeah to do first like i will like i break i kind of like i break things down because i know things are like in fractal form you know i can just break it down further and further i break it down to about a 40 point story system
1: okay nice
0: so and. And I will like have a scene or a character moment or something like that. And I'll basically like fill that out and i will be like, well, how long do I want it to be? So like a screenplay is about 20, Average screenplay is about 20,000 words, you know? So I will do like a smaller version, like a 5,000 word synopsis. Okay. Of kind of of what all happens and kind of what character beats in any kind of particular moments or, you know, um, you know, if I want there to be like some kind of like, themat- you know, thematic Anything. motif or like, a, yeah. or, or like, a. Or even like a like some kind of like symbolism, you know, hmm. something like symbolizes something deeper, like uh, you know, like a bracelet or something from like a lost love, you know. Who okay. then, you know, then the bracelet is given to someone else, so that you know that's a transference of the love. You know, it's that kind of thing. So, like, if I have like kind of clear ideas of, you know, symbolism, um, I'll I'll include that, and then I'll kind of work, I'll work through that, and then once I kind of get that five, it used to be I went up as far as like. Ten thousand words, like plot wow. synopsis, but but it just it didn't it didn't really add much after, like after once I kind of get to that five thousand
1: word then synopsis, after that, it's just more detail for the story.
0: It's more it's more detail, but it's stuff that like I'm like, if I try and over over produce it, over direct it, you know, you gotta. It's like, you know, it's like uh, there's a couple of there's a couple like cliches about writing, that I hit and. It's you know it's when people say oh the writer is God and you're like no 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 <laughs> no, no no the writer is the referee the writer Ooh, has to like the right the writer has to make sure that the rules of the story are enforced you mm-hmm. know that is what you know the you know because if the writer is God like you know
1: then that then that, mean, that life, would mean that they could create their own rules
0: yes they could create their own you know it's like it's if you look at real life. You know um it's it's a terribly written story (laughs) you know you know things you know things happen at random people die at inopportune moments you
1: know it's just you know it's like there's there's not a clear plot secret.
0: there's no there's no well that's and that and that is the thing it's like you know as you're going through life everything kind of happens at random but the story again—the story is always something that happened. It's been able to look back. Yes, you're lo- you're looking back, and you're basically you're, you can
1: always write you can always write the story clear when you look back. At, yes, at
0: a... the writer is ordering chaos. The uh. world is chaos, and then what you are doing is you're like so, like say you know um, you're at like a crosswalk, and there's you know there's a there's a woman beside you, and she looks at you, and then she runs across the road now it's just a random occurrence but because you're the storyteller you know because you're looking back you're like oh she looked at me she got freaked out because i i don't know like spinach in my teeth or something like that (laughs) she thought she thought i was so you know you're you're ordering the chaos you don't know what you don't know what motivated her to run across the road right because when you're looking back and you're the protagonist it's a cause and effect you know Mm. it's a cause and effect there's a reason to it nothing happens at random in life things happen randomly all the time you know But in the story, everything is cause and effect, you know, so. And
1: and that's so funny, because people that or even I'm just saying this from my own perspective, when I've gotten too caught up in my own mind, and like my own ego, I've thought that everything that happens in the world is like, you know, because like, you know, happening to me or that there is a cause and effect for everything that happens. Meanwhile, as I've gotten older, and as I've matured, I'm getting more comfortable with the randomness and the potential for like, you know, chaos and being okay with that chaos and randomness, and then looking back and trying to write my story or make sense of how this all leads in my story. It's, it's so accurate to, to real life as well. It's
0: yeah, it's you're ordering, you're ordering the chaos. So like when I'm plotting stuff out, it's, it's easy it's, it's not it's not easy but it's said like, it's pretty straightforward because i know i'm gonna have to hit these five points in like every scene you know uh, i'm gonna have to the overall story will hit these five points that'll be about a guy who wants who guy or girl who wants something they're doing all right at getting it then they realize mm, this isn't this isn't what i wanted mm. uh i gotta i gotta make a choice here you know and then it's about it's about the aftermath of that choice so to give like an example of one of my own scripts, uh, over lockdown I wrote this one. It was a, it was called. It was, I never came up with like a final title, title, but it was called uh, "Bad Guys," and it was about, it was about like the henchman, you know, like a, a hen- it basically he was like, you know, the kind of guys who get shot in like bigger action films. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. You know,
0: it was basically it was basically a story from that guy's perspective. You know, he's okay. wanting to join the, he's wanting to join the bad guys. So it was kind of like it was written like it was kind of like a horror film where like you know the hero like James not like like a james bond jack reacher this kind of like so the the person who would be the hero in the other film the person who's like to get revenge you know okay like uh you know have you seen kill bill tarantino's movie?
1: yes yeah yeah okay
0: so basically like so a character like the bride like this kind of super super cool kick-ass person they're basically like the jason you know or okay. uh, the mike myers from halloween in this story okay. they're, they're basically they go out to the woods because the you know this this person has like killed all the main bad guys so they have to go to like the lower ranking bad guys and and like uh so they're all hiding out in this thing and they're waiting for this person to come so it kind of becomes a bit of like a like a semi kind of horror film uh sort of getting kind of picked off one by one by this hero so it's you know when i was writing that when i was writing that it took me to like the second draft to realize i was like this actually isn't about this isn't me just being cutesy about like you know uh you know a film genre like it's not like a unique this is about me having to make a choice of you know do i want to do the safe thing which mm. is follow the herd you know joining the bad guys or do i want to branch out on my own because like throughout the That's course awesome. of the story throughout the course of the story you know the guy realizes he's like these, you know he doesn't know that they're bad guys he just thinks he's it's part of this kind of like cool this cool gang to do, that he yeah. wants to be part of and then he kind of realizes because they keep treating them like crap he's like these these aren't good people and maybe this maybe this person is you know the good guy and i was like you know that was like what the first draft was about. The second draft was about, you know, start bringing in all these other elements about like kind of going out on your own, you know, starting your own business, kind of mm. you know, basically, you know. So, and that once you kind of realize that the story is about yourself and you start bringing in aspects of yourself, now I'm not saying that has to be like a one for one representative, right? You know, you know I'm not saying every story you're going to write is a bit, but, but uh, some, you know, some I, elements, a yoga, yoga practitioner, you know, right? Jiu Jitsu guy, you know, it's has right, there's going to be, you're going to find. Versions of that, you know, it might not be Jiu Jitsu or yoga, or you know, it it might not be that one for one, but it'd be something like that. You know, it's yours, you in your head, you'll be able to realize what you mean. You know, it might not be clear to the audience, and like, and I think good storytellers do actually, they don't go, This is about me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you know, know, it's realizing the commonalities that we all share. And that's what makes it good, you know. Realising that, yeah, you know what, you know, that's why there's certain stories that always feel I always think are like they're baked in, like undercover cop stories, I think are always great. Or something where someone's in disguise, yeah, because it feeds because that speaks to us because we always feel like kind of imposter syndrome, you know, to an extent. We always feel like we're going to get found out. Yes. You know, it's it's always gonna always feel like people are gonna be like, I've listened to you talk about screenwriting and storytelling, and I have to say, you know nothing <laughs> <You> know, <that's, laughs> there's always there's always that fear you know so, you know like uh, you know i take you know i take photos as well and i'm always before people are going to be like your photos suck so bad <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's always it's always that fear so like you know so like when you an undercover cop story it has that inbuilt tension of you know we can all relate to that fear of being found out you right. know, or so are someone going you're a fraud you're yes. you not having you're not having any defense it's not that you're not a fraud it's just that you don't have any defense and you feel right. like a fraud at times you know that's amazing so it's so it's like it's trying to work out what it, you know it's trying to work out what what is your thing you know what are you going through you know what's what's on your mind you know
1: dude that is it's, so deep it's so much it? deeper yeah <laughs> Thank no it you. is Thank you. no it is it's so much deeper <laughs> than what than what people give it credit um uh, because like yeah, like like you were saying, you you don't always have to know or at the beginning of our talk, you were saying that you don't always have to know exactly how the story's going to end. And you could figure that out as as you're writing it. Right. So um so like even in that in that story, as you're writing that, are you needing to go in chronological order or when you're writing the synopsis first, do you already know exactly how you want it to end? Or are you focused more I, on the beginning plot?
0: I know, I, I usually know where it's going to end. I usually always have like a clear idea of what like the final kind of image is going to be. you work backwards? Yeah, it's because I kind of get back to the whole, the idea of like the, the referee is like, you know, the, the writer is the referee and, you know, coming up with rules. So if I set, if I impose these kind of like restrictions on myself, like it has to hit these five points kind of thing, it gives my subconscious space to play, you know, it reward because I'm kind of like pushing mm. down, because I'm pushing down, you know it, it's it, pushes, it's always going to push be a, back yeah it's yeah there's going to be like a bit of tension and you, your story needs that tension yes. to kind of you know so you need you that's why that's why like i said i used to do like 10,000 synopsis 10,000 word synopsis but i realized that that it was becoming too restrictive mm. you know it wasn't it wasn't the 5,000 was like the sweet spot because it gives me room to play and you need as a writer you need to give yourself room to play you know because it's like when you're writing you're you, it's like you're kind of like an actor you know actors are actors are basically they're playing they're playing right yeah you know there. you know there's a script which you know you do your read through you go blah 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 you know but as soon as you can get up on your feet because you like subconsciously you're going to start moving in ways you're going to start right. you, you're you're going to know what the kind of the objective of the scene is and what you have to do to get it you know so it's See, so, you know it's, it's like i'm not a sports fan or whatever but i'm like you know i can uh, there's like there's a parallel with sports as well sports sports isn't just here take this ball and go and play with it it's like okay you know you can't you know soccer for example you know you can't you can't pick it up with your hands right you can't you can't just kick the legs of the other person
1: right um you can't there are rules there are rules that you have to then that you have to abide by and then yeah based on those rules we've seen millions of soccer players or thousands of soccer yeah. players get creative and yes and, yes the, and, and express out through those rules
0: yes this, uh, and the same you know
1: same with jujitsu you know you same, have same when, idea
0: if you're i don't know if you're sparring with someone you know it's like there there are rules right that you you know that you, right, you
1: can't punch the guy in the face right yeah
0: you can't punch the guy with the fist, and because of that you're like okay well i can't do that but I maybe can, i could choke him it. instead yeah right. the, yeah so there you go like you know it's like there's restrictions and there's reasons for these restrictions everybody thinks restrictions are bad but they're not they help the subconscious kind of they help the subconscious kind of ferment and kind of come up with creative solutions
1: that, that's interesting i noticed that even with twitter and the character limit, and mm-hmm. i used to i used to hate the character limit, and um I'm realizing over the years, I hated the character limit because I wasn't efficient enough with my words to be able to express that same message in less words. And if you could express yourself even more efficiently um, and get the same message across, that's obviously displaying a higher level of skill and understanding of words and language um it's
0: like it's it's you're embracing you're embracing the restriction
1: you're embracing the restriction and then and then you can get even more creative i say this to people all the time and i think i learned this lesson through martial arts like you're talking about i couldn't um i couldn't express myself or get creative unless i understood the rules unless i understood Mm -hmm. the the fundamentals and once i understand the fundamentals and the rules i could then get as creative as i want as as long as i'm operating Within that, yeah. it. and it's really yeah, it no gives, different with yeah. writing.
0: Yeah, it gives you it gives you like a scope. It gives you like you know it yeah. gives you it gives you that field that you can work within. You know, because if you go, you can do whatever you want. If two guys, you know, you know, they buy and you know, and they go, do do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, know the, 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 you go. Okay, the other guy takes out a knife <laughs> you on the spot. You know. Nobody's gonna to want to do it. Like <laughs> right. the mind the, the mind becomes like overwhelmed. Choice yeah. choice. Choice, I think, is like it's it's not all it's cracked up to be. Unlimited mm. choice is just not is not yeah. all it's cracked up to be. You get you get fatigued, you you get this
1: FOMO, you worry about it. In in all up. things. In all things. Yeah.
0: Which is why, which is why, like, and you know, to kind of bring it back into storytelling, which is why, you know, the choice it's always between two things. You know, the choice is always between two things it's never like a multitude of things it's like you got to choose do i want to sacrifice myself for the bigger you know the greater good or do i want to be a card and run away and hope it sorts itself out it's never like you know it's it's always that it's always like a binary of choice and, ha- and the important thing is as well in storytelling is that it needs to be a choice between two bad things you know Hey, the choice the choice can't be between do i want to win the lottery or go to prison you know i was to say like, it has it,
1: to be kind of like a, a sacrifice regardless right? yeah it has to be a sacrificial yeah. choice
0: yeah it has to be it can't, because again and there's films is, 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 is it a choice sorry.
1: that's always for the greater good too is is the not, choice like
0: not not necess- not <clears throat> not necessarily i mean a lot of the times, yes. And kind of like heroic stories and like superhero stories, um, you know, films like the matrix, you, you know, it's like, he has, cho- you know, he has to, you know, he has to, you know, he has to choose to believe he is the one or else all of humanity is wiped out. You know, right. that kind of thing. It's like, it's, I don't think it's choice between it needs to be t- just between two kind of bad choices. Like I'm kind of blanking on examples of right, like right. where they're at uh, Another film that I love uh, the wrestler, you know, it's, like you see, again he's saying you know, he's a wrestler, you know, he has to <laughs> he has to choose, he has to choose do I want to live a pathetic life or do I want to go out in glory, you know, entertaining the crowd. Right.
1: It's
0: that kind of it's that kind of thing. I'm trying to think of stories where it's, the choice isn't that, but a lot of the times it is, because you know, ultimately storytelling, if we go way back to like its origins, you know, if you think about it, you're like, you know, it's cavemen sitting around saying, the campfire. Yeah you know, what's more important, you, the individual hunter or the tribe, you know what I mean? So like, that's, that's kind of where that comes from, you know, and it's, I get, you know, and it's, it it comes from like the whole, the Judeo Christian tradition as well, you know, right? you know, Jesus Christ was faced with a choice. Do I, do I, do I not, do I, do I not be the Messiah or do I, do I fulfill the prophecy? Do I get on the donkey? Do I ride in the Jerusalem, you know, you know, he knew, you know, he knew what he was he was doing. He knew he he was making a choice. You know, um like again as I get older, like I realize the kind of like the beauty and the art and the, the, the just the sheer genius of the Bible of like, you know, because like again, you know, the Bible makes Jesus human. He goes to the garden and he goes, Oh Lord, please take this cup of suffering away from me. You know, he's human, you know, he shows weakness, right. he shows doubt, you know, he shows doubt, you know, that's part of the genius you know of the what's, what's
1: what's your what's your opinion on the on the bible and the stories that are in the bible uh um, like do you, like even just the fact that you just said that it makes jesus human at first and yeah. like relatable right like- it makes it
0: re- there there is some there is some there's a blog post that's been sitting it's been sitting kind of in my in my kind of drafts tray for years and it's just it's kind of like just just these really just these really beautiful be- like one story that I've like been obsessed with, and I keep thinking about it, and I'm like, "Is this is so universal?" And it's like it's a real work of art. It's not like a, it's not like a fairy tale where it's like right. there's a clear moral. It's the pro, the parable of the prodigal son, and I think it is just it's so beautiful because the moral isn't clear. You know, the mm. moral is not is not clear. Like the, this book even talks about. It. It's like this prodigal son is not a good you know story to tell wow. children because you know it's. But the thing is, but. You know, when you get older, and like you keep, it's again, it's like Ghostbusters, it's like The Truman Show. I keep turning it over, and I'm like, why is this? Why is this story stuck with me? And it's because you realize that, you know, back then, you know, back then, whoever whoever wrote, you know, you know, the Gospels of, you know, right. whoever whoever wrote or came up with the parable, you know, you know, however however you want to view it, it's genius because it speaks to this universal truth that you don't realize you realize so the prodigal son is basically you know it's you you know someone you know someone in your life who is the prodigal son the one who seems to go away parties it up constantly screws up and seems to get rewarded for it you know and and by that same token you are the prodigal son in someone else's life
1: yes there's so Ooh. there's
0: someone there's someone looking at you thinking how does he does How does he do it? I just <laughs> keep doing better, better. So you're looking at someone thinking that, and they're looking at you thinking that,
1: mm.
0: you know. And it's, it, I don't know if you're a big Simpsons fan. A uh, little bit, a little bit. Okay, okay. There was one. There was an episode which I always like say is like you know one of the most deeply philosophical, you know, twenty minutes of like TV, where it's it's called Homer's Enemy, and there's this guy called Frank Grimes, and like Homer Simpson, you know, he's this bumbling idiot, you know, and the Frank Grimes frank rhymes uh homer simpson is like he's like why does he why does everybody love this guy what it's like it's (laughs) it's almost it's almost like a critique it's a critique on the you know the character of homer himself right you know and this guy's like i don't i don't understand it why do you all this guy's an idiot you know he's 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 an awful person and i was like and when i like it's again kind of like the prodigal son i'm like you (laughs) There is is a Homer, there is someone who is a Homer Simpson to you. You're like, I do not, why is this guy so, why, why do this guy, he's not a good person, you know, but by the same token, you're a Homer Simpson to someone else. There's someone looking at you thinking, and that's what kind of makes it so. That's amazing. Profound. And the same thing with the prodigal son. I'm like, it's like, there's in your life, there's going to be someone who you look at as a prodigal son and then they look at you. As a prodigal so you know there's so it's like it's just it's, it's to keep way. you in
1: check to keep you in check a little bit uh and
0: and yeah it's it's there's it like it kind of just it's not saying it's not saying whether it's a good or a bad thing it's just one of these things and it's like it's you know it's just it, what it <laughs> is yeah it's a, and like life be like that sometimes it's yes. like a lot, yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. a lot of a lot of what I get from what I get from the Bible, you know, it's like you know, like life can be I, like that sometimes. If like that, yeah, <laughs> I, I had to sum it up in the most dumb way possible, in my, in my most ignorant of ignorant readings, that's what, that's what I have to would have to say about it. But like, and again, just like another small point. So, you know, it's coming up to Easter, and you know, so Jesus has his trial in the Sanhedrin, and Peter is everyone's like, everyone's like. I think i recognize you, you you were hanging about that jesus guy <laughs> was like Me? <laughs>
1: no no, no. Yeah, that was
0: that that someone else and he does it three times and as soon as he hears the cock crow he you know he weeps you know but like again i feel like that that's like the bible send us is like even your best mates even your very best mates even your your rider dies they will let you down at some point. Ah, and it's, yeah. just, it's just, it's just like that. It's just like that. It's nothing personal. They're just trying to right. save their own skin. Yes. Don't hold it against them. You know, and Jesus like forgives him. Peter, you know, Peter went on to be, you know, the head of the church. And I'm like, that is beautiful because I was like, it's beautiful. Why, why, why is the Bible including this? You know, this, this guy being a, being a bit of a jerk, this mate, You know, and you're like, people will let you down. The people, you know, you love most and people who you rely on the most at some point will let you down. It's 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 okay. Don't don't worry about it. Don't hold it against them. They're just human, you know. It's
1: not. It's not going to have a good Disney ending.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the thing. That's what I think a lot of like, as you say, you know, Disney ending. And that's I think a problem with a lot of storytelling. It's like it's basically saying you can have it both ways. And that's that's a. There was. There was there was a dis Disney did Disney's like remaking all their films. They did a remake of the Jungle Book. It was a live I action. I heard about.
1: I heard about that. Yeah.
0: Okay, so at the very end, it's it's a bit different from the book, or from the the Disney one that I remember. But at the very end of it, to fight the tiger, uh, the wee boy goes to the village. He takes the fire. So in the at, at the end of the original cartoon, um, Jungle Book, Mowgli goes to the human village. You know, he leaves. He leaves the jungle. Right. You know, he leaves the, he leaves the the you know the the childlike world of the jungle like, yeah like talking an ordinary animals world and all that. yeah and he becomes he goes on to become an adult an adult you know an adult he become you know he goes on to become a man he has to mature he can't live in the jungle forever so when they remade it uh, when they remade it uh, this time they have they have mowgli grabs the fire he burns down the forest because of his fire. he's running with a torch the torch falls or something like that he's getting chased by a tiger the torch falls he burns down half he kills the tiger but he burns down half the forest or the jungle doing it mm. and then he gets to, and, and i was like this is such a betrayal of the story he gets the he stays in the jungle in the end wow you know you know so i'm like i'm like this is just a fundamental misunderstanding of the right. story right right what what the what this film is you know whether it's aware of it or not it's saying not only can you be massively destructive of this area of this place that you call home. You can stay there and there but will then you be could no stay con- there. Yes. But you there will be no consequences for what you did. There will be no punishment. You know, so it's a I think it's a, like I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a dangerous message to give the children, but I'm it's like it's so misguided. Wow. Which there is there's no consequences. There's no you have to go and become it, what it's subconsciously saying to the audience is you can be a child forever.
1: I would say and Peter like a Peter Pan. Peter Pan, yeah. You know, wow! It's you could be a child
0: forever, and there will be no consequences for anything bad you do. You know, that's amazing. You, not, you know, and I'm like, that is that is such a betrayal. You know, and that's and that's part of the reason why nobody really talks about it. Like people go, oh yeah, they they did that. It was all right, but the reason they go, it was all right. Nobody goes, I love that, is because, is because it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't it doesn't tell us what we need to hear.
1: Do you think that's tell- that? Do you think that that understanding is? whether or not, like you've said, it's conscious or subconscious, do you think that that understanding is in all of us because stories are so fundamentally human and and like we're pointing out, they've been told and uh, masterfully told since, you know, for 2000 years or 3000 years, 5000 years, however long.
0: I just feel like it's, I think it's people who, who think they know better. Yeah. You know, it's people who are like, if we can just. I like this story. If we can just edit out the weirdness, and you're like, the weirdness is part of what <laughs> is makes it. What, the story. Yeah, is what makes it the you story. Know, you gotta, you gotta take the flaws as well. You just gotta let go. You, you gotta accept things, and you gotta accept people for who they are. You not this ideal that you carry around, you know, in your head. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like my mom, my mom and dad, they go like ballroom dancing nice you know cool and the thing is my dad doesn't like it <laughs> 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 my, my my dad does not because he loves my mom so much <laughs> right <laughs> you know,
1: right you know he
0: will he will do it he doesn't really enjoy it if they stop that's dancing, awesome. if they stop dancing he'd be okay with that you know mom <laughs> would be disappointed, but he but he'd be okay with that so, but you know um, mom's always like oh, he doesn't enjoy it and i don't like that he doesn't enjoy it i'm like just you know accept <laughs> you know that he's doing it because he loves you right and you know you can't you know he's he's going there for you you know just kind of just accept you're never you're never going to have all your kind of criteria fulfilled and if you did have your criteria fulfilled you'd be miserable you'd be bored right you'd be yeah you'd be bored you'd be yeah yeah it's just it's so it's like it's so with these kind of films these remakes where they're kind of like given really like kind of like bad morals like kind of like just just misguided morals i think it's because they're trying to it's it's literally like it's literally like they're they are going i liked i liked i like the cartoon jungle book. i didn't like that he had it was sad it was sad when he had to leave the jungle and you're like the the sadness is good i just like you know whenever you know we it's we've started like applying like it's almost like
1: like 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 like, like we're um trying to shape our own reality by changing the, the structure in which stories are told yeah and, and it's oh. almost like uh like like is it are we mimicking or are we like mirroring art or is art mirroring us like you know you know what i'm saying
0: it's it's at times it feels like it's this misguided idea that we can kind of like we can edit reality and yes. what we wanted into this right. kind of it's like it's like the it's not that the problem these these people, in my opinion, are fighting human nature. Yes. and they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose. You know, yeah. they're gonna lose in the long run. You know, it's and I think that's that's just one of like it's just it's a it's I don't know if it that's if how they mean to come across as arrogant, but I just kind of get this kind of arrogance. It's like I know better. I know better than all of human history. You know, I know better than all these things. I know what's I know what's best for you right, you know, and you're like, you don't you don't you don't even know what's best for you, you know right <laughs> it's like, and, exactly. and it feels
1: like they're trying to um like reshape human human being story through these stories that they're then trying yeah. to tell and iterate and um get people to respond to. But I think, like you're saying, and like I've seen just from the more consumers' perspective, it doesn't resonate with people to a degree where, they could have full in-depth conversations like this about um, some of those newer films or shows that are shoving it in your face and not letting there be any nuance or any kind of magic or, you know, uh, vagueness to it, to, to leave open to interpretation. So I, I agree. I think truth will prevail eventually. Um, Whether it's people looking back at old films and old, works to to be inspired again but um yeah it's it, we're in a weird time where the art kind of sucks and um <laughs> and i was even talking with my students about that like uh with with the super bowl that was last month the halftime show um was rihanna i think right uh for for the halftime show and i'm thinking to myself as i'm watching that it sucked like it just sucked yeah. like like uh the halftime show at this point in my life, I'll be 33 in May. When I'm watching the halftime show at the Super Bowl, I should almost not know who the person is. Yeah. Like I should be out of, I should be like growing out of that culture to the point where the, my my teenage students are telling me who that is, what their famous songs mm-hmm. are, why they're known, et cetera. But it made me realize that they're holding on or culture itself is holding on to the past so badly because there's no that there's nothing new there's no uh i don't know there, there's there's because there, like you're saying there's no room for nuance you can't just yeah. i don't know you can't you can't just put out something freely it has to try where people are afraid to not be liked like you're talking about and all this kind of it's, stuff yeah it's
0: there's there's elements of like you know because of internet culture because of you know but for example my friends and i would always talk about like it was it was funny it's funny how now you don't get kids who identify uh you know by how by their music tastes you know there used to be the goth kids yes rockers yes the ravers you know yeah because because you had to like if you wanted a music if you wanted to listen to music you would have to you know get Twenty dollars. Go to the go to the, go to the music store. Buy a CD. So now you're you're personally investing in that. Yes. <laughs> you know. You know. It's now part of your identity. Well, I bought this. It's twenty dollars. I guess I have to like this, no matter how good it is, <laughs> because I've because I don't. You know, I don't. You know. So you you like you reinforce your identity around that. But because of like things like Spotify, you know, you can ha- you can have the most broad range of taste. So, so there's like there's so many people now that there's no one person who's really popular, right? You know, so you have to go back to like, you know, the mid two thousands to get someone like Rihanna. You know, you know, because there's there's nobody else. That, like, I couldn't tell you who's popular. At
1: the I couldn't. You know, yeah, that, right. Yeah, I, know, I hear some I, of the music artists that my that my students tell me about, and I, I couldn't name one of them.
0: Yeah, you know, I, like occasionally you'll get like kind of people who, yeah, it's it's people who have kind of like almost are like entrenched almost, you know, people like Beyonce and all that, people who right. have been around for many years because it's it just become so, that you know, the culture has become so kind of fractured and you know, it's unified so you, you can have your, it in the art. And corporatized as well, you know, it's like yes. there's, there's so much like kind of corporate slop, you know, pe- within people within all of the art. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, the, those like Disney, you know, the Disneyfication, you know, all those kind of superhero films and you know just it's it's just it's one of those things it's it, things have become like kind of just so fractured that nobody really knows who anyone's right. listening to or what's popular or what's good you know so so now, where
1: do you, so now where do you look for for good stuff it's like where do you look for good movies I, or films
0: i have there's like a couple of there's a couple of podcasts that i listen to you know there's because, because i like tarantino i listen to his podcast and he has some good recommendations and then I'll, there's a couple of people I follow on Twitter and it's in essence, it's like, if they give, if they give me like one or two good recommendations, that's, it's fine by me. Like the, the rest of them can suck, but that's, right. you know, that's, 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 you know, that's the price you pay. Right. You kind of, you kind of just have kind of have to follow your own interests. Sometimes you might catch something somewhere and you're like, well, what is that? And you investigate further, but it's, uh, it's, it's almost like that's, you have to kind of like be, be kind of you know have a bit of purpose in what you're what you're doing yeah right. yeah for you is, can't, you know, can't
1: just I'm, open up netflix and just scroll
0: yeah i, right. I can't i can't do that i've yeah. i haven't been signed up to netflix in ages um but it's like it's you know i'm trying to work, work work my way through kind of like notable directors you know people people that uh you know you've heard of and maybe haven't seen all their works you know it's right. that kind of thing so like i'm trying to work my like, way through. I like, like that. O Brian De Palma's films and then so there might be an actor or a scriptwriter or someone and I'm like, oh, I like I like what they did there, so I'll maybe check out some more of their work, that kind of thing, you know.
1: So I did that, kind of- I did I did that in my early 20s too. I I took a few actors just because I mean I kind of said it to myself. I, I knew that I had to culture myself. Like, you know, there were certain films that I should watch just because they're referenced so many times by people. So I remember getting on a On an Al Pacino kick, a Denzel Mm -hmm. Washington kick, yeah. Um, Tarantino, I ended up watching all of his over a span of time. But you're right, I I did it with intention and with purpose, and it was to just absorb the culture and to learn to see the why and the messages. So you're you're right, there had to be a purpose there. Hundred percent. Yeah. What Um, What do you
0: think of? Mike should we go for a bit longer or do you want to wrap it up or I was
1: going to say yeah yeah we could wrap it up I didn't even realize that we were 2 hours in um that- I, I could yeah. I could I could talk about this stuff forever with you Well um, this
0: is this has been such a pleasure so if uh, whenever you feel like uh, get me back on uh, dude, let me know I'd love yeah. to come back on you know What's is- uh,
1: what's what's a good what's a good place for people to reach out to you
0: uh probably just twitter i guess okay. uh, the place where i'm most active well not in, that's the thing not even that active anyway i've kind of i've taken a step back kind of like social media in general like I, I still enjoy it but i prefer like kind of reading what people have to put out there kind of okay at the minute, you know trying to like cultivate what what i'm taking in you know because I, there's a lot of stuff out there that is just designed with the intention of making you angry and i'm just trying to avoid yeah it. yeah <laughs> to be honest, you know you which know, i totally yeah uh, it it sucks you in, but you know, uh, yeah. So just that uh, Twitter at Kieran Jury, and it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been so great talking. It's, it's been good talking to someone about stories and structure, and you know, and not not seeing their eyes glaze over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you go, all right, all right, oh. All right, the antagonist is very
1: good. I've been there. I've been there when I talk about something that I'm passionate about, and I could just I've used that same expression. I could yeah. see the eyes glazing over. Yeah. So uh, just, yeah. anytime we could talk stories or just writing yeah. in general, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look to pick your brain.
0: Brilliant, man. Yeah, just get in touch anytime. And uh, yeah, congratulations again to you and your wife. And yes. uh and best of luck with the, the yoga. It seems to be going great as well.
1: Yeah, man, it's a ton of yeah. fun. Ton of fun. Good, good. 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 luck to you next week too. You're gonna have a great time.
0: Thank you. Man. Okay. Good. Finally, also speaking to you as well because I this like. Yes. This is like-
1: yes. <laughs>